Hi, and welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my lovely wife, Natasha Mason. Hi. And she is sitting to the right of me. Uh, We're glad to be back with another episode of The Abnormal Christian. Uh, If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, we would ask that you would do that. If you haven't told anyone about it, um, that's okay. You can do that too. You could tell your family and friends that you listen to a couple crazy people talk about Bible subjects that uh, might not interest the average person. Um, hopefully you find something interesting about, do you find anything interesting about these podcasts? <laughs> you're, you're, you're... Don't ask me to talk. Okay. So Natasha's not feeling great today. I did make her come in for moral support. Her job is to sit today and just, um, I think you said, can you prop yourself up for a <laughs> and, podcast? Honestly, that's the truth. If you don't know, um, we've dealt with all kinds of uh, sickness and health issues over the years, and um, she winds up having to prop herself up sometimes. So do I. This week's been tough. The kids have been sick. The school they go to has been sick. Everything's just been, it seems like everybody is in uh, is in bad spirits or not feeling well this week. Um, but anyway, we're going to go on anyway. We're going to do a podcast. So uh, we're going to do this episode is really going to be about um, what is a prophet? Ooh, what is a prophet? Uh, and I really wanted to bring this up because I, I get a little bit, uh, I get excited with these things because there's a lot of crazy people in the world. Um, you mean excited or irritated? Both. I think it's a little bit of both, right? Um, so if, you're, if you've never navigated yourself over, and I'll start off by telling you, if you've never navigated yourself over to YouTube to watch people, um, you're going to find something really interesting. There's an Just interesting... Don't. Yes, there's an interesting phenomenon going on right now in the world that has never happened before. Could you guess what that would be? What is a different phenomenon that you see on YouTube that you never got before? I mean, this this podcast is a good example of it. (laughs) People having access to throw nonsense anywhere. There it is. People having access to throw nonsense, as my wife says, and it's not or she's not wrong. Um, everybody and their cousin has a podcast and everybody and their cousin has an opinion. And in the, the world of the internet and the world we live, everyone has access to give this information to other people. It doesn't matter if it is right or wrong. It doesn't matter if it's true. Um, it doesn't even matter if it's, if it's their own opinion, right? Um, people tend to have access to, to put this crazy stuff out there. And I want to talk a little bit about the crazy stuff that's out there. I want to talk a little bit about some of the, um, some of the former prophets that we've had in the world, people who influence great religion in the United States, um, things you've heard of, the people you may not have known of, and how, because there was no internet, they had to collect people in a different sense, right? Um, they had to uh, proselytize. You had your Charles Manson type people. They had to bring people into their group and make it exclusive to get people to stick around. Heaven's Gate is a good example of that. Those people in the 90s who, uh, who wound up committing suicide because a spaceship was coming, but it wasn't, it wasn't You mean like cults is what you're saying. No, I'm not specifically talking about cults. I'm talking about false prophets. And that's a good example. Is well, it usually they have followers. And correct. They are cults. So, and that's the thing. Is it, um, is it really relegated only to cults, these false prophets? And I would say no. Uh, I definitely say no, um, because I think we see it in the church today. I think we see a lot of false prophets in the church today. So really off the top of my head, I was thinking the other day about the prophets in the scripture, right? Because there's a lot of people who believe um, that you can have dreams and visions and you can uh, prophesy. And I'm going to give a good example here in a minute. 
of someone I heard that's, and I'll let you listen to this prophecy this lady said, and then we'll discuss, we're not going to listen to the whole thing, but I'll let you listen to the beginning of what she says about it. But, um, but really in the world that we live in, there's all these people who are saying they're prophets. If I asked you how many, how many prophets were there in the scripture? How many prophets do you think there were in the Bible? And we're talking like 4,000, 4,500 years of history, biblical history. How many total prophets do you think there were? Less than 10? More than 10. Less than 20? Less, probably less than 20. I mean, if we, so in the Old Testament, you have four major prophets and you have 12 minor prophets. And they're not major and minor because uh, the four were more important. Uh, they're really broken up about the history of Israel. That's, that's how they break them up into major prophets and minor prophets. The major prophets being at the outset of the, the nation of Israel being established, and then the minor prophets later in the kingdom of Israel. So you have four and 12. So that's 16. And this is not including um, Moses, who we believe is a, a prophet. Um, Moses also said that Jesus would come after him and be a greater prophet. So we've got 16, 17, 18 um, you could count, uh, you could count John the Baptist if you wanted to as a prophet, because he said, um, you know, make straight the way of the Lord, right? He, he spoke, he spoke about a prophecy in the old Testament, but he spoke it of Christ. So we could count him. So that would give us maybe 19. And then you have John, the revelator, John, the beloved who wrote revelation, that would be prophecy. It's, it's future things to come. Um, so I mean, total in total, you could probably count. So is a prophet just telling the future? No. Oh. So a prophet is somebody, and that's a good question. The prophet is supposed to be somebody who speaks with the voice of the Lord. That is the qualification of a prophet. Um, if you look in the Old Testament, let's go back to the Old Testament. We're talking Genesis to uh, Malachi. You only have um, about 17, major, uh, 17 total prophets, just 17. Now you're talking like 4,000 years worth of history, and there's 17 prophets. It's been 2,000 years since Christ died on the cross. I would guesstimate, just simply based off of what I see on YouTube, there are thousands of people who claim to be prophets. It's not like being a prophet was a, uh, a common thing in the nation of Israel. And in fact, the prophet was not raised up until the people had sinned against God, right? And so the prophet was despised by the people in a lot of cases because he told the people that God was going to punish them if they didn't repent of their wickedness, right? And he was very specific about how these things would occur. And he never told them something that wasn't going to happen because in Deuteronomy, you had the scripture that said, if a prophet speaks something as though it is the mouth of the Lord, you stone the man if he's wrong because you, you can't afford to be wrong. So the job of a prophet was a limited job. You didn't want that job because it was one of those jobs to get out of it. You were probably going to die. I mean, Zachariah, we've talked to me and Natasha talked about this. Zachariah was stoned to death in the temple, in the temple courtyard, right there near the altar. He was stoned by the people. Um, so being a prophet was not a cool thing to be, but when you get into the world today and it's no surprise, Jesus said, this is how it would be in the last days. There'll be many false prophets who come up and rise up and say, here's Christ, there's Christ and all these things. So we're going to stop for a minute. I'm going to play this uh, audio clip. I want you to hear this uh, lady. Uh, she'll give her a little prophetess speaking. Um, and then we'll, we'll pick it up from there because I really want you to hear kind of what is people are saying. So the Lord has been speaking to me about October 22nd and um, the first day that um, I saw this date was on September the 16th and um, 
I saw, I had a vision around 5 a.m. on September the 16th, right? And the Lord, he often uses creative ways to just remind me that Jesus is coming back. So I have a cash app card and it's personalized. And on my cash app card, it says Jesus is King. So I have a vision of my cash app card and I see the words, Jesus is King. And then I heard the Lord say, look at this date here. And I see October 22nd, right? So that's the first time I heard October 22nd. The second time was on September the 19th, around six in the morning. I heard the Lord say something is going to happen on October 22nd. And I also had a vision uh, while I was in prayer on September the 19th. And I saw crowds of people and they were holding signs like it was a riot, right? And I saw like, um, I saw like fire, like um, almost like um, people were just upset. You know how riots are and people might uh, try to like burn buildings or I just remember seeing fire, like signs burning. And then on September the 20th, while I was in prayer with my husband, I saw flags and me and my, this is what me and my husband heard. We heard uh, power structure change, new laws and riots. It will be the beginning of a season of all these things. And then on September the 23rd, which was this morning, today's the 23rd, right? Yeah, this morning, September the 23rd, I heard around 2 a.m. there will be a shift in the economy. Banking systems will fail. And God showed me um, all of these banks and their logos. And this is not the first time that he's been showing me banks. I've been having multiple dreams and visions about the banks. And um, just about a day or two ago, I had a, um, a quick vision where I was walking into a credit union. And as I was walking in, I saw like just the whole wall, right? Um, when you first open the door of a credit union, I saw the whole wall was just covered with different bank names. And I saw their logos. Like I saw Bank of America and I saw like red and blue. And I saw the, like their, their logo, right? Um, Chase. I remember just seeing all these banks and it just covered the whole wall. So the Lord reminded me, um, he showed me that vision again this morning. And when I saw this vision, I heard the Lord say again, this is for October 22nd. So we've got this, this, this audio clip of this lady. I'm not going to give her name because I don't want to uh, put her out there from YouTube, but you heard it, right? Well, she tells you what her cash app tag oh, is. Okay. So she tells you her. She tells you that Jesus is king on her cash app. So if any of you listeners want to send her money on her cash app, you can send her money. Uh, and I use her as an example, and I'm not trying to pick on her uh, because when you, at the beginning of her broadcast, when you see it on YouTube, she's really sincere. She prays and she seems to pray in a sincere way. Her prayer is, is that God would use her so that people could hear this message that she has to say. Um, and then she goes on to say that on October 22nd, now this is, our podcast is 
after October 22nd, of course. And on October 22nd, she says that God, the Lord, told her that all these things were going to happen, right? I mean, did she say that? Yes, the Lord told me. And then she said God gave her visions and dreams, and he showed her the collapse of economies. She saw banks. She saw, you know, just flags and riots and fires and burnings. And here we sit, and as November today, right now we're, we're doing the podcast, it's November the 4th, and not a single word of what she said happened. Not a single word. So she should be stoned? I'm not, well, I mean, I'm, I mean I, well, no, so here's what you said. That is true. But who paid the penalty for your sin? Jesus. Right. So he was crucified because you're disobedient to the law, correct? Yes. We break the law, therefore he pays for the sin. And this is why we don't stone people anymore like they used to in the Old Testament or like they were told to do, is because Jesus died for the sinner. He died for that false prophecy that this woman put out there. Now, interestingly enough, I commented on her video and I said, you know, hey, not saying that you're, you know, this is like a day or two before uh, October 20th. I was like, I'm not saying that you're wrong, but you know, if it doesn't happen, um, if these things that you're saying don't come true, are you willing to admit that you might not have actually heard from God? Um, so she never replied to that. So October 22nd goes by and I went back again and I replied and I said, Hey, I'm still not understanding. You said God told you these things were going to happen. Why haven't they occurred yet? Right? So she still didn't reply this time. She sent me off to another video that somebody had posted on her behalf. They were defending her because she was wrong. And they were basically saying, well, it was just, it was just a test. God wasn't really going to do those things. He was just testing his followers to see if they were going to listen to what she had to say. That's not what she said. Though. No, that's not what she said. She said those things were going to happen, that God was going to do it. And I know this is one example, but I'm telling you, you are. we're living in an age right now where people want to be special. They want to have something special in their life. They want to be special to God. They want something nobody else has got. And so we've got all these people out here. I mean, the internet is full, YouTube especially, is full of a lot of false prophets. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to be realistic. If, if you go on, I've been watching, so I watch this one guy, and I'll put his name out there because I really like the guy. He's a really nice guy. His name's Dr. Barry All. He's from Greenville, South Carolina. I'll tell you where he lives. Look him up on YouTube. Oh, I like Barry All. He is, he is a super encouraging brother in Christ, and I believe he's a Christian, and I believe that he's saved. The only thing that he's done is that he has gone out consistently, and he has put out there that Jesus was going to return on this specific day or that specific day. Um, he is of the opinion and belief that God does nothing without telling uh, his people what he's going to do, which uh, God, the Bible does say that. But at the same time, Christ said he didn't even know when he was going to return. He wasn't sure when the Father was going to send him 2,000 years later, and we're still waiting. Um, and I don't, I don't, you know, again, he's not one of those people. I don't make fun of the guy. I actually like his videos. He's gotten more into the Hebraic study of the scriptures. I think he's finally understood. Um, do you have your phone or a Bible with you there? What? Uh, yeah, look up Zechariah and look at the last chapter of Zechariah because there's a point I want to make out of this too. Um, last chapter of Zechariah, it's it's in the very last uh, paragraph if you if there is a thing on there. But but anyway, so Barry All is he's a good guy, but he he's finally got around to saying I don't I'm not a date setter. He's finally said I'm not a date setter. I'm trying to guess when Jesus is going to return. And I get it. People are excited about Jesus returning. The problem is, is when that becomes our main focus and, and it sets aside our ministry, which is to spread the gospel, to share the gospel with other people. That's our function as Christians. 
is to proclaim the good news that Jesus has come and that he will forgive us of our sins. And yes, he will return, but our focus right now is the drawing in, right? It's the end gathering. Um, so if you understand the feast times and you understand the summer, so you have uh, you have Passover and the spring feast, and then you have uh, the fall feast with the Feast of Trumpets and uh, Tabernacles, things like that. So in the middle, in between the feast is the summer. Well, in, in the summer was the time of harvest. So Christ fulfills the spring feast, and right now we're in the harvest season. That's our job, is to go out into the highways and the byways and bring in those who are lost and to bring them in. Um, and we'll see in a second, I, I, and I'm going to tell you exactly, the, I, the Bible right here tells you when Jesus returns. It, it doesn't tell you the day, it doesn't tell you the hour, um, but it tells you at what time of year he comes back. It's right here in Zechariah, and people have argued it and said, well, we'll never know when Jesus is coming back. It tells you four times at the end of Zechariah when he's coming. It uses the same phraseology, the same feast, four different times. It tells you it four times. Okay, I'm in chapter 14. You're in chapter 14? Yes. Are you near the end of Zechariah? You mean the end of chapter 14? Yes, go all the way down to the end of the, the chapter. Okay. Um, let me see. I, I'm going to find a spot here for you because I want you to back up a little bit. Um, and this is talking about, so the end of Zechariah here, uh, Jesus is coming back and, uh, he sets up his kingdom and the, and the Bible tells you here, the people have to come to Jerusalem for a specific reason. And the reason they're coming to Jerusalem is to celebrate and commemorate the day or the time that he returned. They're coming back to Jerusalem here. You know what? I just want you to read the whole thing. This is called Zechariah chapter 14, the coming of the day of the Lord. So read the whole thing. Behold, a day is coming for the Lord. Don't bump the. When the spoil taken from you will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses plundered, and the women raped. Half of the city shall go out into exile. Stop right there. So I really want you to check on that, right? Half of the city will go out into exile. Did you know currently that Jerusalem is divided into two halves? One half is the Jews. The other half is the Palestinians. So half of the city is going out into exile. But the rest of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as when he fights on a day of battle. On that day, his feet shall stand on the Mount of Olives that lies before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west by a very wide valley. So that one half of the mount shall move northward and the other half, half southward. And you shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach to Azal. And you shall flee as you fled from the earthquakes in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Okay, so he's coming back and he's he's got his foot on the Mount of Olives, his feet. And the Bible says that it splits in half and it creates a valley in, in, in between it. What do the people do there? They go through the valley. This is the same thing. This is the splitting of the Red Sea. This is the parting of the Red Sea, except he's, he's splitting a mountain in half. He's splitting a mountain for his people to escape. So keep going. Then the Lord my God will come and all the holy ones with him. On that day there shall be no light, cold, or frost. And there shall be a unique day which is known to the Lord, neither day nor night, but at evening time there shall be light. On that day living water shall flow out from Jerusalem, half of them to the eastern sea and half of them to the western sea. It shall continue in summer as in winter. 
and the Lord will be king over all the earth. On that day the Lord will be one and his name one. The whole land shall be turned into a plain from Geba to Rimon south of Jerusalem. But Jerusalem shall remain aloft on its site from the gate of Benjamin to the place of the former gate to the corner gate and from the tower of Hananel to the king's wine presses. And it shall be inhabited, for there shall never again be a decree of utter destruction. Jerusalem shall dwell in security. And this shall be the plague with which the Lord will stri strike all the peoples that wage war against Jerusalem. Their flesh will rot while they are still standing on their feet. Their eyes will rot in their sockets, and their tongues will rot in their mouths. And on that day a great panic from the Lord shall fall on them, so that each will seize the hand of another, and the hand of the one will be raised against the hand of the other. Even Judah will fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the surrounding nations shall be collected, gold, silver, and garments in great abundance, and a plague like this plague shall fall on the horses, the mules, the camels, the donkeys, and whatever beasts may be in those camps. Then everyone who survives of all the nations that have come against Jerusalem shall go up year after year to worship the Lord, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Booths. Oh, no, wait, stop right there. So there it is, right there it is. The reason they're coming back year over year over year over year is to celebrate the Feast of Booths. The Feast of Booths is called the Feast of Tabernacles. It is in the fall. It is between October and September, September, October. It is a day and hour that no man knows when it begins. We look to the new moon to see when the feast begins because we don't know the day or the hour. This is what Jesus says. Now, in this passage, passage chapter 13 he's coming down he's putting his feet on the mount of olives and he's waging war against the children or his people right that's what's going on so then after he defeats them they come back year after year to commemorate their defeat to commemorate the day and time that he came back i'm not saying i know the day or the hour i'm not saying that i know the year but there's three other instances in this passage keep reading and if any of the families of the earth do not go up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, there will be no rain on them. And if the family of Egypt does not go up and present themselves, then on them there shall be no rain. There shall be the plague with which the Lord afflicts the nations that do not go up to keep the feast of booths. Two, number two. This shall be the punishment to Egypt and the punishment to all the nations that do not go up to keep the feast of booths. Three, number three. And on that day, there shall be inscribed on the bells of the horses, Holy to the Lord, and the pots in the house of the Lord shall be as the bowls before the altar. And every pot in Jerusalem and Judah shall be holy to the Lord of hosts, so that all who sacrifice may come and take of them and boil the meat of the sacrifice in them. And there shall be no longer, and there shall no longer be a traitor in the house of the Lord of hosts on that day. There we go. So there's, there's, there's the Feast of Booths. It's mentioned consistently that these people come back year over year to celebrate the Feast of Booths. I think in, in my New King James Version, there's a fourth one. Um, but uh, was that ESV? 
ESV, there's three, uh, ESV. Anyway, so it's mentioned in the scripture three or four different times in this one passage, the Feast of Booths, Feast of Booths, Feast of Booths. This is the Feast of Tabernacles that happens in the fall. This is when Christ returns to wage war against those who are trying to destroy his people. It's not, it's not, it, it, it's clear. He makes, this is the reason he says the idiom that no man knows the day or the hour because he's trying to speak to the Jews who understood he's talking about the Feast of Booths. Now, on the other side of that, you have to look at the Jewish people, right? I was thinking about this too this week. Um, I think people are really hard on the Jews because they deny their Messiah, correct? They say, well, you denied your Messiah. You crucified your Messiah. I can't believe you would do that. Now, now let's assume that you are a second century or your second temple era Jew, right? Um, God has not spoken to the nation of Israel for 400 years. The last prophet that you had was Zechariah. He tells you all of this. At the end of Zechariah, he says, here's what the return of Messiah looks like when Jesus comes back. They don't understand that this is the end of the age that's being talked about. They think this is what's supposed to happen when Messiah comes. And so when Jesus shows up and he says, I'm Messiah, they don't, they reject that because Zechariah says the Messiah is going to split the Mount of Olives into, that he's going to kill all our enemies, that he's going to destroy all these wicked nations, that because the temple's sitting here, they're going to come up here year over year and worship in the temple. So the Jews, you know, this is one of the reasons they rejected him um, is because they had a different understanding of what Messiah was supposed to be when he comes. They were looking for the end of Messiah. Now we go to the book of Revelation. We're not going to do that now, but you can go to the book of Revelation and you can see the same story in the book of Revelation because it's, it's the event that occurs at the great and terrible day of the Lord, which occurs at the end of the age. That's when Christ returns at the end of the age. So really getting into it. And the reason I sidetrack on that is because there are more people more and more people on the internet and in the world today, Christians especially, who are saying and proclaiming that Christ is coming back. I mean, I've watched probably 15 different people in the last two months because it is, it was October was the feast month. Um, there were probably 15 different individuals who were all saying the same thing. The Lord told me this. The Lord showed me that. The Lord said he's coming. The Lord said this. The Lord said that. Jesus will be here by Thursday. He'll be here by this. And and it just consistently continues to roll over. Um, and lest anyone thinks, and I've got a couple examples that I'll read through real quick, um, but the, unless anyone else thinks that these things are current of our era, they're not. Um, I want to look back at a couple people real quick. Um, Ellen G. White. Ellen G. White. Do you know who that is? Ellen G. White. So Ellen G. White is the founder of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Um, and she spoke as a prophet of God, and she declared that anyone who had not accepted the Adventist message by October 22nd, 1844, imagine that, same day this lady spoke her word, right? October 22nd, 1844, had no hope of eternal life. And she wrote this down. This was a message that God gave her. She had this prophecy that Jesus is coming back. And if you haven't received it by 1844, um, you got no hope of eternal life. Charles Taze Russell. Charles Taze Russell. I studied Charles Taze Russell for years. Do you know who that is? Mm, no. So Charles Taze Russell is the founder of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm. Um, and he prophesied that the end of the world would occur by the end of 1914. What happened in 1914? There was World War One, right? World War One was starting up or ending. I'm not really sure. My history is sketchy on 1914, but that was they believed that the first World War was the end, the war to end all wars. That is the end, and and Jesus was going to come back, and he didn't come back. Um, and that's also in the Watchtower magazine. They did publish that. Florence Hotef. 
um, who succeeded her husband as the head of the Branch Davidians. Uh, she prophesied that David's kingdom would be established on the earth April 22nd, 1959. And it didn't happen, right? Um, Herbert W. Armstrong, he's the founder of the Worldwide Church of God. He prophesied that a great drought would strike the United States sometimes before 1975, probably between 1965 and 1972, and that this would mark the beginning of the Great Tribulation which would result in the death of one-third of humanity. Um, and that's in the book 1975 Prophecy, written by Herbert W. Armstrong. He wrote that, and it didn't happen. Um, Moses David Berg, this guy, this guy's really creepy. I I'm surprised they haven't made a movie out of this guy yet. Maybe they haven't, I haven't seen it. Um, but his name's David Berg. He was the leader of, the, of a cult called the Children of God. He prophesied that the United States would be destroyed by 1974 by a comet uh, Kohutek, that it would wipe out all life. He was, this guy was a pervert and he led one of the, and currently that his cult is still active in the world today. They've changed their name. Um, but it was a sex cult and it was, it was about abusing women and young girls. It was disgusting. Wonderful. Um, and sadly his prophecy did not come true for him. That's so sad. Jean Dixon. I, everybody knows this lady, uh, from the late eighties and nineties. She was an American, uh, psychic. She claimed that God spoke through her. She predicted that a woman would be elected the president of the United States during the decade of the eighties because God told her so. And it didn't happen. It's 2022 and that still hasn't happened. Um, so boy, was she way wrong. Ed, Edward E. Wizen, Wizenot. These are difficult names. You'll know this guy, Edward E. Wizenot. We've talked about him before, but we didn't know his name. He was a Christian layman who predicted the rapture of the church would occur September 12th, 1988. His booklet, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Return in 1988, sold over 4 million copies. He confidently asserted only in the Bible, only if the Bible is an error, am I wrong? When the event failed to occur, he issued a new date of either September the 1st or the 30th of 1989 because, you know, that's what they do. So one of the things you'll see if you check these people out on YouTube, I would encourage it because it's interesting. Um, they continue to move the, the goalpost, right? So it's like you're a kicker in a football game and you kick the ball and it goes left and you miss and you don't get the points. Um, it's like the, it's like the NFL saying, hold on a minute, grab the post and move it left. Cause every time he kicks it, it goes left. And the problem is, is every time they kick it, it keeps going left. So you have to keep moving the goalpost and you never get it through the uprights because it's not accurate. You're not, you don't know anything special. Um, I think Justin Peters has said plenty of times, if you want to hear the word of God, audibly read it out loud, get your Bible out and read it out loud and you'll hear the voice of God. Um, so, you know, one more, one more Harold camping, uh, president of the family radio network. He set the date for the Lord's return to be in the fall of 1994. He predicted that the rapture was based on a complicated mathematical formula that was tied to the rapture of the Jewish holiday of Sukkot. Right. Um, so and here's the thing. I'm not denying that the Jewish holidays have something to do with it. In fact, that's what Zechariah 14 is all about. The Feast of Tabernacles that happens in the fall. It's telling us that they're coming back to celebrate this because this is when he came and destroyed his enemies. Um, it, it's, it's key. It's absolutely key to understanding the return of Christ and what time or season that it's going to be around. But at the same time, be very careful listening to people who are sitting there telling you, I know something special. God has told me 
Um, I, I think I shared that on my Facebook a week or so ago, you know, people who get up and they like to say, well, God told me this week, I need to tell you. Um, I know one particular preacher in, in my mind um, that I have to listen to um, who consistently makes these God told me statements. He says, God told me. Now, I'm not saying the Lord doesn't influence us to do things. He doesn't uh, move our heart to go speak to somebody. He doesn't lay a burden upon us to give somebody some money because they're struggling. Or he doesn't put somebody in our path for us to speak to. I'm not saying he doesn't do that. What I'm saying is that there are people out there who are saying, the Lord told me in a vision, in a dream, I heard it audibly, I saw it somewhere, he spoke to me to tell you X, Y, and Z. I'll accept that. I will absolutely accept that as long as what you say comes true. If what you say does not come true, the Lord didn't say a word to you, right? Yeah. That's what the Bible tells us in Jeremiah. It said, uh, so Jeremiah is talking to the people of Israel and how wicked they've gotten in turn. And he makes a specific, there's a passage where he says that they're, they're speaking as though they speak with God's voice. They're saying they have dreams. They're saying they have visions and they don't. And they're lying to the people. And that's what's happening. We're seeing that today in today's world. So we'll end this out with a couple quick things. Um, I got eight points for a prophet, right? If you want to know what a prophet is, uh, because we live in this age of prophets, um, and we'll get into, there's another one that I want to talk about later in another episode called the, the Yannicka. Um, and we'll talk about that guy a little bit because it's, it's big in the Christian church. It's catching on like wildfire and we need to discuss it because people are getting it wrong. Um, but we're going to, here's eight different things to ask yourself about a prophet. Does the prophet speak in the name of God other than the true God revealed in scripture? So if a prophet speaks with a name or it's a Buddhist pops up and says, I'm a prophet, right? If he's not speaking in the name of God that is revealed in scriptures and he's not speaking scripture, don't listen to that. You will be led astray with someone who says, I am God, or I am speaking in the name of a different God. We don't do that. Um, the scripture actually says in Deuteronomy, if a prophet rises among you and gives you a sign of wonder and the sign of wonder comes true concerning which he spoke to you saying, let us go after other gods whom you've not known and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet for the Lord, your God is testing you. This is the other. Now there he tells us that is a test. If what that prophet said comes true, should we follow after him? No. He's not speaking with the voice of God. He's not speaking of the God of the scriptures. We have to understand there are powers in this world. There's principalities. There's the power of God, and there are other powers that work. This is why when other people in other religions pray, we could look at it and say, well, their prayers come true, because there are demonic forces that are answering as well. Like, don't go to a psychic and want to talk to dead spirits. No, it's absolutely bad. not. It's a bad, bad idea. idea. Number two, does the prophet's message pass the test of scripture. If a prophet speaks something and it doesn't pass the test of scripture, we should not listen to it. Galatians 1.8. But even though we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we have preached, let him be accursed. So if someone comes along preaching a different gospel, preaching a different Jesus, preaching a different God, the father, um, you know, they're coming to you telling you something completely different from scripture. We don't listen to them. Number three, does the prophet's life manifest a commitment to holiness? This is a real big problem. We saw this. We see this right now with, um, Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar, uh, all these different guys who are out here who are living a, um, 
exorbitant, exuberant, extravagant lifestyle, right? That's what I'm looking for. This extravagant lifestyle, which is opposite of the scripture, they're taking advantage of people. And then they stand up there and they say, well, the God has told me that you need to buy me X, Y, and Z. Nope, absolutely not. We don't listen to that. Um, that is against scripture. You can look that up in Jeremiah 23. Um, number four, does the prophet's teaching produce the fruit of the spirit? If the prophet is not, if he's teaching you um, health, wealth, and prosperity, right? He's telling you that God wants you to be rich and all your life's going to be good and gold. Nope, don't listen to him. False prophet. Matthew 7. Matthew 7 says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. So if they're teaching you to be selfish, Run from it. Number five, does the prophet emphasize vain visions? Um, and this really goes to Colossians 2.18 where it says, Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind. So he's taking advantage of you um, by telling you things that are not true to draw you in so he can basically uh, steal from you. He's taking from your life. He's taking your time. He's taking your money. He's taking all these good things from you that God has provided. And you don't give in to those vain visions. Number six, does the prophet deliver only positive messages? Only positive messages. Um, you know, no, no, a prophet is supposed to tell you if a prophet comes and says, the Lord has told me it's got to be specific. And most of the time it's in judgment. We saw that in the old Testament. This is what they were doing there. You know, Samuel was telling Saul, what are you doing? God's turned against you. He didn't say, Oh, God's going to make you wealthy. You know, I mean, so it's, if someone comes to you and they're always speaking good, positive things about, you know, the Lord's told me he's going to bring abundance and blah, 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 you know, it can't be. It's not always like that. You know why? Because we have sin in our lives that needs to be gotten rid of. Number seven, does the prophet appear to be greedy for monetary gain? There's the, there it is again. If the, if the prophet is looking to make money off of you and you have to send them a thousand dollars to sow a seed to get God to do something, false prophet, turn away from it. And number eight, does the prophet, prophet focus on the exaltation of Jesus and Jesus alone? That's a question. Does the prophet focus on the exaltation of Jesus alone? You know, in the Old Testament, when the prophet spoke to the children of Israel, they said, God has said, God has done, God will do, God will take care of you. It wasn't, it wasn't Elijah. Hey, it's Elijah here. I'm going to do this. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't Daniel. I'm going to do, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't Isaiah. Hey, look at what I'm going to do. Um, it is the exaltation of Jesus Christ, right? So when these people come to you and they want your money, they want your time, they want your attention, they want you to follow them. Um, and they don't exalt Jesus Christ. If that's not the most important thing in a quote unquote prophet's life, they're not worth listening to. They're not worth wasting your time on. You with me? Indeed. All right. So that's just a, a quick, uh, I just wanted to cover. I wanted to hear a real life example of somebody who's, who's prophesying and it didn't happen because, and, and the bad thing is that she's right back out there. This lady was back out there the next day with a different word that God had told her. She was telling people to buy cryptocurrency, put all your money in Bitcoin, put it in the, in the crypto wallets because the cash is going to fail. And I'm like, have you not been paying attention to what's going on with cryptocurrency? It's lost like all of its value. That's not a great idea. Uh, but anyway, so she's got her followers because people are desperate for that kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, next time we're going to come back, we're probably going to look at uh, the Yannicka. And I know you don't know what that is. 
but we'll get into that some because it's really interesting and I think it's worth mentioning um, to the listeners of our podcast, all seven of you. Um, so if you're anywhere, <laughs> that's including the two of us. Yes. So if you're anywhere else in the world, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, we would translate this into another language, but I barely speak English. So I, I you know, I, I can't do that. I don't speak anything else. I wish I did. Um, uh, but we hope that you're enjoying this and we just pray that God would richly bless you in all that you do and that Jesus Christ is glorified above all in your life. And we will talk to you next time. Bye.